Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you after our first vacation day ever? Right. How are you doing? Are you rec- is Dude. the rust. Is the rust off the armor cost machine? I think I've almost forgot how to do this, Dan. I, I know. <laughs> it I mean, feels we, that way we, anyway. it's only been one thousand and what fifteen <laughs> straight shows. We finally took a break. By the way, yeah, major man. shout out to Carlos and James. My wife and I took a little vacay this week hey. down to the Keys. I'm at the pool hanging out, and this guy Carlos in the pool with his buddies. He's like, "Are you Dan Bongino?" And he went and bought me in a <laughs> let's call it an adult soda oh, at the local establishment. Let's say we'll yeah. keep it a friendly, friendly show. And he would not take no for an answer. I said, Carlos, I will pay for the beverages, and Carlos <laughs> refused. He started speaking to the bartender in Spanish. Carlos did not know I speak Spanish, ah. and I heard him tell the bartender, do not take money from this guy. So thank you, Carlos, for the kind words, All and right. thank you to James, too, one of the, the servers in the restaurant, nicest guy, loves watching us on Fox. You guys are the best. Okay, I got a stack show for you today. Right. I got a ton, ton, Joseph, of emails. About Jeffrey Epstein. Yes, we were ahead of this story, Joe and I, two years ago. um, Two years ago. And I will get to that and I will give you some information, but I have to keep it limited for reasons that I think will become uh, very transparent once you hear the show. Okay, don't go anywhere. I promise this will be a doozy. Here we go. <laughs> Today's show brought to you by our buddies at Freedom Project Academy. Hey, there's a lot of talk in the news about free education for giving student debt. It appears some of these politicians need to go back to elementary school to figure out how this actually works and learn basic math. They don't teach that stuff anymore. They teach a lot of ideological nonsense in schools. Given how the left has destroyed public education, many of you have been searching for a school that helps your kids, your students develop strong foundations in math science, English, and American history, those core topics, the kind of education designed to teach students how to think, not what to think. Your search is over. Freedom Project Academy is an accredited online school built on Judeo-Christian values and a classical curriculum for students from kindergarten to high school. I get emails about Freedom Project Academy all the time. So make sure you get the link at the end because I get we wind up answering tons of emails about this. So many people are interested. We're talking about a complete interactive educational experience where students attend live classes with other students from around the country. They provide live and recorded lessons, homework, tests, tutoring, grades, and transcripts. Go to freedomforschool.com. You got that? Freedom, F-O-R, mm-hmm. for school, freedomforschool.com, mm-hmm. and request your free information packet today. Enrollment ends July 19th, so don't wait. Freedomforschool.com. Take back control of your kids' education. Freedomforschool.com. All right, let's go. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So here's the story here. As uh, Forbes reported this weekend, amongst other outlets, Jeffrey Epstein, who is a uh, wealthy hedge fund manager who's got connections to a lot of powerful people, politicians and the like. Many of you may know this story. Some may not know the background. Forbes reported this. uh, It's up on Drudge right now. uh, Was uh, uh, is being charged again involved in some 
allegations of sexual misconduct with minors. The piece by Forbes will be up at uh, Bongino.com in the show notes today. As always, if you subscribe to my email list, I'll email you these articles. Uh, Title Jeffrey Epstein documents could expose powerful politicians and businessmen. Long and short of it is this guy had a plane. He had a uh, a place on an island. And on that island, there are allegations that there was uh, sexual misconduct uh, with with women who were underage, in some cases girls, and one of the allegations I believe is fifteen or fourteen year old, yeah. fourteen years, which is just, um, I mean, obviously completely uh, grotesque. Now, a couple of years ago, I had warned you that some very powerful people, including maybe people in the Clinton operation, may have some, let's say, attachments to this. Mm-hmm. Now. Fox reported this weekend on foxnews.com, which we'll see, that Nancy Pelosi's daughter, Nancy the, the same Nancy Pelosi, her name is Christine Pelosi, she is not a Republican, she's Nancy Pelosi's daughter, reported, Fox News by Greg Ree, Christine Pelosi warns, it's quite likely that some of our faves, short for favorites, are implicated in horrific, quote, horrific Epstein case. Hmm. Now, you can see her tweet right here. Christine Pelosi put this out on Twitter. Folks, this is a serious case. I mean, that goes without saying. Anything involving sexual misconduct with anyone, no less a minor, is obviously deeply disturbing. Again, I think any sane, sentient being understands that. Mm -hmm. Here is the issue with this case where I got to be delicate here, and let me tell you why. Mm -hmm. A while ago, I don't even want to isolate it to a time frame because this involves a very sensitive individual here who called me with some sensitive information about Epstein. Let me phrase it this way. What he told me about Epstein and what Bill Clinton's potential involvement with this may be, Mm -hmm. Clinton's involvement with Epstein, Epstein in his his plane and uh, bringing underage women on this plane for for activities, let's say, again, I'm trying to keep this family friendly, bringing women to this island for other alleged illicit activities. What I was told about Bill Clinton was, let's say, at best, at at best, and what he may have done on one of these planes, at best inappropriate, and at worst criminal. Now, you, you know, this is. Let me say this. This is what kind of bothers me a little bit, though, about some of the emails I've been getting about this, mm-hmm. folks. You have to understand, I'm doing the best I can. I know Joe knows some of the story here, but. This is not my information. Understand that. It's information from an individual. Therefore, I can only give you what I get. Do you understand that? I'm not a firsthand. I'm not the source. All right. However, it's been reported by a lot of clickbait sites and stuff out there. You know, ex-secret service, blah, 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 blah. It's, I am, listen to me. I am not the source. I have no firsthand knowledge of this at all. I'm reporting to you what was reported to me. I can only give you what that source has given me. I don't invent information here. Joe and I don't do clickbait. Mm -mm. We don't create hysterical headlines so that people listen to our show. That's not my goal. I'm simply reporting to you what a credible individual told me about, again, Bill Clinton, Jeffrey Epstein, a plane, and what is at, at best inappropriate, and at worst, potentially criminal. Mm -hmm. That is as far as I can go because that's what I know. 
when that source is willing to disclose more, they will. I'm not hiding information from you. I'm not playing games with you. We're not dancing around for for listens and cheap downloads on yeah. on clickbaity headlines. I'm not interested. It's not a in new any story. Of that. No, it's I'm interested. No. no, it's not a no. new story. We reported it in 2017. Yeah. But what bothers me, Joe, and what's irking me about it mm-hmm. is people are recirculating that story, suggesting I'm the so- I'm not the source. Oh. I thought we were clear yeah. when we discussed that. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Secret Service agent. Threatens to disclose. Then Listen, saying, no. I have. Yeah. No, no, that's not what we do here, and not at all. I mean, we listen. Anybody can do cheap clickbait right. stuff. When that source is willing to disclose more, that source will do it on their own time. I'm not here to do. You know, this we're not the New York slimes where we invent stories. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, what's so? Just to be clear, again, at best, at best, the witness behavior is inappropriate at worst potentially criminal okay now making this story even worse i don't care neither does joe neither does paula or i'm sure any of my listeners what the political affiliation of any of the alleged offenders in this ring of illicit activities with underage women i don't care what your party affiliation is if you are involved in this I don't care if you have an R, a D, an L for libertarian. It's an L for loser if you're involved in this. You need to go. Nobody cares what your party affiliation is. My problem with this is the left now is trying to paint this Epstein scandal as a Trump scandal. Hmm? Yeah, because Trump made some comments about this guy a long time ago about having relationships with younger women. I don't think he meant that. I think it's pretty obvious, however inappropriate the comment was. Now, having said that, they keep insisting that Trump and Epstein are like best pals, but they leave out this portion of the story that's covered in the Fox News opinion piece. Quote from the piece, Trump's legal team more recently has denied the two were friends. Trump banned Epstein from his Mar-a-Lago estate. Let me read that again. Trump banned Epstein from his Mar-a-Lago estate, quote, because Epstein sexually assaulted an underage girl at the club, according to court documents filed by Bradley Edwards, the lawyer who has represented several Epstein accusers. The claim has not been confirmed by Trump or Mar-a-Lago. So according to legal documents, Trump banned this guy for this grotesque alleged conduct at one of his clubs. The media is trying to make this out to be a Trump scandal. Again, I don't care about the party affiliation of anyone involved. If you were involved in this, then you you need to pay big time. But trying to make this about Trump while ignoring the multiple flights we know, ladies and gentlemen, we know we have the flight logs, hmm. the flight logs of Bill Clinton being on the plane where, you know, the information comes from. By the way, it's not as simple and straightforward as you think either regarding my the information i received mm-hmm. i have to be very careful with this we have the flight logs of bill clinton on that plane with epstein yet that story again in order to defuse some political blow to the democrats again they start making this about trump ignoring the fact that trump threw the guy out of his club it's unbelievable Even when it comes down to something like this, Joe, so transparently not political. We're talking about 
potential criminal alleged activity with underage girls. Mm-hmm. How is politics involved in that at all? Nobody cares. You got an R, you got a D, and you're guilty. You need to go to the big house for a long time. A very, very, very long time. It's gross. And it's gross how the media is already making this story political. I don't care about the party affiliation. I know you don't either. And let me just leave this on this note. Again, I got a lot of emails from you this weekend. I can only give to you what other people give to me. I am not the source here. I don't have what I don't have. I'm not going to make something up for the sake of an explosive headline. You've, that's, you've got the wrong show. When I get information, if I get it, I will absolutely pass it on when given permission to do so. But I can't give you information I don't have. And, and, and listen, I, I, let me just apologize in advance because I don't want that to sound. I'm not trying to lecture my audience. You guys and women are great. But you, I got a couple of emails from people or tweets you know, suggesting like I was holding back. Holding back what? I can't hold back what I don't have. We don't make stuff up here. All right, enough of yeah. that. I'll leave it at that. Um, I've got another really terrific piece here. I've got a stack show today. Um, it's now coming together what's going on now with the with the Bureau and the agency, the Spygate, Mifsud. There's a whole big thing going on right now. But here, let me give it to you in a nutshell. The FBI is going to blame the CIA. The CIA is going to blame consultants. We'll get to that in a second. Let me just uh, get to this for you. we got a great sponsor here today. Today's show also brought to you by buddies at Lending Club. Hey, for decades, credit cards have been telling us to buy now, pay for it later with interest. Despite your best intentions, that interest can get out of control fast. Big, big problem. With Lending Club, you can consolidate your debt or pay off credit cards with one fixed monthly payment. Who's better than you? Since 2007, Lending Club has helped millions of people regain control of their finances with affordable fixed rate personal loans. No trips to a bank, no high interest credit cards. Just go to lendingclub.com slash Dan. Tell them about yourself. How much you want to borrow? Pick the terms that are right for you. And if you're approved, the loan is automatically deposited into your bank account in as little as a few days. Lending Club is the number one peer-to-peer lending platform with over $35 billion with a B in loans issued. Go to lendingclub.com slash Dan. That's lendingclub.com slash Dan. Check your rate in minutes and borrow up to $40,000. Lendingclub.com slash Dan. All loans made by WebBank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Okay, so getting back to this. The Spygate thing is exploding. Here's what I'm getting from some sources. You may have seen some of the report, excellent reporting by Catherine Harridge and others over the weekend. The IG report, the Inspector General report, essentially the internal affairs entity for the government led by Michael Horowitz, has been investigating why and how the FBI started spying on the Trump team and opened the case. I was on Fox and Friends this morning discussing this, Joe. The report was supposed to be out, according to a number of internal sources reported uh, here and elsewhere, about a, a month ago, a couple of weeks ago. The IG's report on why the FBI was spying on the Trump team has been delayed, and a lot of people are going... What? What's with the delay? When is this report coming out? Well, there's an excellent piece up at Red State, uh, which describes something I've been getting some traffic on. It's worth putting out there by Streif, S-T-R-E-I-F-F. It's uh, titled uh, CIA prepares the blame, prepares to blame the consultant. uh, Excuse me. CIA prepares to blame the consultant excuse for screwing the pooch with the steel dossier. Folks, this story will be at the show notes. Please Please read it. It is so good. It is very, very, very well put together. Here's what's going on here. Mm. 
the intelligence community and the law enforcement community, insiders, and I'm not talking about, again, the working men and women. I'm talking about higher-ups, right? Yeah, we're good, yeah. What they're doing now, Joe, is they're leaking, strategically uh-huh. leaking uh-huh. to the Washington Post, as we, me and you talked about last week, right. with the Mifsud. They're trying to get out ahead of Mifsud now. Right. But they're leaking to the Washington Post, Politico, and other left-leaning outlets to try to frame the narrative in advance. In other words, when yeah. the IG report does come out, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be catastrophic for these entities. Because let's just make this real simple. Mm. The IG report, I'm telling you, is going to show that the FBI started and maintained an investigation based based on information they couldn't verify. It's as simple as that. The case is complicated. The details are complicated. Mm. The overarching storyline is not. FBI investigates political campaign with no evidence. That's the story. It's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. The details can get a little screwy in between, but that is the overarching storyline. So you're seeing these leaks strategically placed in the Washington Post and others to get out ahead of this. And the reason they're trying to get out ahead of it is to get an excuse to get on what... what, um, Street at Red State calls the right side of this. Ah. They're trying to get the public to believe in all oh, shucks narrative. <laughs> like, man, did we get work, right? You get yeah. what I'm saying, yeah. Joe? Like, because they don't have any. <laughs> yeah. Doggone it. How did that happen? Yeah. How Ooh. did we investigate a political campaign? Oh, man. How did that happen? Dopes, right? Yeah. So you're seeing all these articles. You see the Washington Post one last week, which we discussed, about Mifsud, who starts this whole case when he right. has this meeting with Papadopoulos about the alleged Russian dirt, right? The Trump right. team member. Yeah. And the piece is, it, it, it's framed to give the FBI and CIA an out. Like, well, Miss Sud looked like a Russian agent. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, a lot of people look like a lot of things. We have <laughs> intelligence entities and law enforcement to confirm it. Now you see this other story in Red State, and the Red State piece uh, links to a Politico piece. Remember I told All you? All right. There are, there are leaks going on here to get out ahead of the story. In the Politico piece, they talk about this. This is by Natasha Bertrand. You can always factor her in, by the way, to a narrative-building narrative effort by the left. Politico. Spies fear a consulting firm help hobble U.S. intelligence. Oh, man. Doggone it. What would you say? <laughs> so this is this is so transparently an effort along with the Mifsud story. Man, we got really worked over. Yeah. The Washington Post. Look, the Washington Post said Mifsud could have been a Russian spy. The essence of the political piece covered again in the red state piece is that the Central Intelligence Agency, the NSA, and the intelligence community brought in a consulting firm. For those of you familiar with the consulting business, one of the biggest consulting firms in the world, I actually applied for a job there once, McKinsey. Huh. It's probably the, them and Bain are, are the, the, you know, Booz, they're the Booz Allen. These are like the top two or three consulting firms in the world. And the way, I'm not trying to insult your intelligence again, but the way consulting firms work, businesses, government entities, bring them in. They're supposed to be business experts. I say that's supposed to be because sometimes they can screw the pooch themselves. Um, And they come in, they evaluate your organization. My wife's familiar with them too. Mm -hmm. They do this in the private sector, even in nonprofits. And they make suggestions. They do SWOT analysis, things like that, how to fix your business, streamline the bureaucracy, et cetera, et cetera. Apparently, the government paid a no-bid contract in the intelligence community to bring McKinsey in. McKinsey came in and, according to the Politico Red State piece, made some changes in the bureaucracy, Joe. Hmm. Now, all of a sudden, Joe, a dreaded air quotes here, insiders from the intelligence agency are leaking to Politico Hey, man, McKinsey made all these changes to our, you know, M.O., our way of doing business. 
And, you know, things may have been lost in the process uh. because of that. And as you just said, Joe, doggone it. Dude. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. some, some, some pieces may have kind of fell through the cracks down the sewer grate. Folks, are you buying this load of malarkey? I have no doubt McKinsey went into the IC and right. made some changes. There's obviously a contract to verify. I'm not here to engage in conspiratorial nonsense. But do you believe for a moment that this was the call? Now, to be clear, the Politico piece does not make the connection between the reorganization and the intel agencies and the consultants and Mifsud. Right. They don't have to, folks. Mm -hmm. That this is what narrative building is. In other words... The Washington Post doesn't say in the Mifsud piece last week, Joseph, hey, you know, the, the, oh, shucks, they got worked. In other words, Mifsud could have been a Russian agent, and these people were just not that bright enough to figure. It doesn't have to make that connection. Gotcha. By setting up this narrative about Mifsud traveling to Russia, they're supposed to leave in the, in, the, in the reader's mind an impression that, oh, now I understand why the FBI and CIA got worked over by this Mifsud story. He was in Russia. The essence of this political piece is the same. It doesn't have to say in the Politico piece, hey, right before this screw-up Spygate happened, there was a reorg in the CIA. The, the story is the narrative-building effort. You're left with the impression later on, so now they can refer back to this article, the CIA and stuff, if they're called up to Capitol Hill when asked about Ms. Sood, mm -hmm. how did you guys miss the fact that this guy had Western intelligence connections and was not, in fact, a Russian agent? How did you guys miss that? Well, we went into the, this reorganization. All of a sudden, listeners and viewers watching it on C-SPAN or Fox or whatever, what do they say, Joe? Oh, yes. yes yeah. I've read that before. <gasps> yes. Doggone it, Joe. Doggone it. I've read that before. <laughs> yeah. This has to be true. There was a reorg. That was it. Folks. Yeah. This is BS. This is advanced narrative building. The Mifsud Washington Post story and the Politico leak are going to give you the impression. Here's what's going to happen. The FBI... Now that we know, I, I'm telling you, Masoud was not a Russian agent. That he's the whole essence of this case is going to say, well, we were led to believe he was by the CIA. Look at this EC. Remember the paragraph one? This, mm -hmm. uh, this, um, mm -hmm. It's called an EC, electronic communication. Mm -hmm. It goes from the CIA to the FBI. I promise you the FBI is going to say, look at this EC from the CIA to the FBI. It's insinuating here that this Masoud guy was a Russian agent. We had to investigate. Uh, our hands yeah. are clean. The CIA then is going to say, well, how did you guys think he was a Russian agent? Well, you know, we had this reorganization and some people screwed up here and there and some information fell through the cracks and people in Congress are going to scratch their heads and be like, I read this. This must be true. I saw it in Politico. Folks, this is how it works. This is how gaslighting works. Gaslighting, telling a lie, repeating the lie over and over, repeating it confidently and isolating people from the truth. That's how you gaslight people and get them to believe something that isn't true is. Thank you, Dano. The hard facts are that they, and you know, that this is absolutely a gaslighting mm -hmm. effort mm -hmm. because you know, they wanted to spy on the Trump team because of the political motivations, of the Obama administration and Hillary Clinton, and they needed an excuse. That is the story. This whole consultants did it. The FBI did it. The CIA did it is garbage. It's all nonsense. And they are using Politico and these other entities as a mouthpiece. This is why you see, folks, keep in mind, I was guest hosting for Hannity last week. And again, thank you all for watching. 
But we had the spectacular Devin Nunes on, who has just become a bulldog for getting to the truth here. And Nunes said something you all need to take to heart here. During the interview, he said there's only one person out there still claiming Mifsud was a Russian agent. Only one. Remember, Joe Mueller never claims that in the Mueller report. That's right. He says he has Russian connections. That's mean. That doesn't mean anything. Right. I have, I know Russian people. I have Russian connections. And Joe knows Russian people. I, I mean, what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. I know uh, Colombian people and Cuban people and Jamaican people too. I know Chinese people, Japanese people. That is a meaningless statement that he has Russian connections. Not all Russians are criminals. Newsflash for the stereotypical anti-Trump collusion conspiracy theory left. Because you're Russian doesn't mean you're a criminal. Russian connections is a meaningless statement. There's only one person, and this should tell you something, claiming Ms. Sud was a Russian agent, which is going to be the CIA. Uh, we screwed up. The consultants did it. The FBI. Well, he told the CIA told us it was a Russian agent, and that person is James Comey. <laughs> That's a Muttley, right? There. We haven't had a Muttley in a long time. You're darn right. It is James, the, the discredited, debunked, former FBI director, hack Jim Comey. He's claiming this because he's going to blame Brennan. Oh, Trust me, he is going to bl- blame Brennan. He's going to say, Russian agent, what, Jim, where'd you get that? Look, we got it from uh, Brennan. Look, look at the EC. Look at paragraph one. <laughs> yeah. The, that that's why you did none of ladies and gentlemen yep. none of this is by mistake the reason comey wrote that op-ed months ago in the washington post where he uses specifically the term russian agent where he uses that term is because he's going to blame the agency oh. and the agency is going to pass it off starting to gel baby yep mm-hmm. yes it is spygate exonerated my two books thank you for all your support but now it's all starting to come together now you know why we wrote those two books Okay, Um, I got a lot more to get to. As always, Stack News Weekend. The June jobs report, phenomenal. I'm going to get to that. I want to explain to you why inflation right now is not going through the roof. It's a very interesting phenomenon. We got that. And then I also have a a just a really incredible moment. Video of a mainstream media news reporter finally calling out a radical leftist on TV. I was actually shocked. I said it to Joe, like, you believe this? So stay tuned. We'll get to that in a second. As our last sponsor of the day, the fantastic, fantabulous, awesome Tommy John. Listen, as summer sizzles, you feel like you're cooking in your own clothes. I know I do down here in Florida. If you can't handle the heat, you need new underwear. And Tommy John is the perfect solution. Tommy John's innovative, cool cotton underwear for men and women. They sent a nice collection over to my, I got to be careful here. My wife, Paula. Yes, please. She loves them. (laughs) Joe Joe is running defense here. I love them too. I'll (laughs) leave it at that. They are awesome. Okay. Good deal. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> trying to prevent a divorce after the show. It's like your own body's having an own air conditioner. I love Tommy John. I wore Tommy John forever, even before they were a sponsor on the show. The other show, the most comfortable, breathable underwear out there, the best. They are stylish. They look good. They feel good. The cool cotton fabric has breathable, lightweight fibers, keeps you two to three times cooler, dries four to five times faster than regular cotton. Helps in Florida. Helps in the gym. Their men's underwear feature a contour pouch to keep you neat and nestled. You get it. Plus, their quick draw fly for rapid deployment saves you 217 minutes of unnecessary fumbling for you. Joe, we don't want to fumble. 
Nobody no, no, wants fum, the fumble. fumbling. Not, not good. football. <laughs> not Nel Banyo either. Tommy John's men and women's underwear sport a no wedgie guarantee. Come on. It's the best guarantee in the business. No one wants the wedgie. You don't need that. All their underwear comes in a range of awesome styles and fabrics that are suited to your entire summer wardrobe. I love this company. I'm not kidding. (laughs) Their drawers are the best in the business. They're so sure you're going to love the fit and feel that is backed by the best pair you'll ever wear. It's free guarantee. You don't love your first pair, you get a full refund. You won't need it, though. Tommy John, no adjustment needed. Love Tommy John. Please go check him out. Go to TommyJohn.com. TommyJohn.com slash Dan. Here's the deal. It's a great deal. 20% off your first order. If you go to TommyJohn.com slash Dan, please support our sponsors. This is a great company. We love them. TommyJohn.com slash Dan. Get 20% off your first order. You will love Tommy John. All right, let's rock and roll. So the June jobs numbers um, came out and they were extraordinary. Folks, I have to be honest with you. I was a little bit surprised. The expectation for the number of jobs added to our economy for June was roughly 160 to 170. The jobs numbers, even USA Today, which is in a huge fan of Trump, 224,000 jobs. Uh, Headline USA Today, uh, economy has 224,000 jobs, easing recession fears by Yana Heron, USA Today, July 5th, 2019. Folks, this is a spectacular number. Um, it is a it is a big, big number. Now, making that number of 224,000 additional jobs in the economy even more profound right now is we are at the tail end of a recovery. Now, I'm, I'm not a big believer. I'm not a I don't think the business cycle is natural. It's a whole long story. I'll maybe get into it in another show. But I think the business cycle is induced by monetary and fiscal policy. I believe businesses can grow almost perpetually if the government gets out of the darn way. Um, President Trump has done a darn good job. So I don't want to make it sound like the end of a business cycle is a natural thing. It's more government induced. We are spending a lot of money. I believe the only thing that's going to stop this expansion right now is the endless cycle of debt we're accumulating because this government right now can't seem to get its hands around a spending problem. But 224,000 jobs 10 years into an economic recovery is a huge number. I believe you can thank and attribute that to the tax cuts, which have put more money into American citizens' hands who have spent it, invested it. We've seen, um, I, I quoted the numbers on Friday. By the way, Friday's show is definitely worth your time. We were the number one conservative podcast show on Friday, which thanks to you was extraordinary. Mm-hmm. We were the number one show. In all of iTunes uh, for conservative podcasts. So thank you. But please listen to Friday's show. We go into some extensive numbers. Minority unemployment down. Investments up. GDP is up. All of the green shoots are there for this economy to continue to grow throughout this term of the Trump presidency and potentially a second term, hopefully as well. But folks, what's key about this is inflation is not rising. Now, there are a lot of Phillips curve enthusiasts out there. Phillips curve is an, it's a long debunked idea that as it, you know, as an inflation goes up, unemployment goes down, there's an inverse relationship between the two. It's a nonsense thing. Inflation went up and unemployment went up in the Carter years, which largely debunked this crap. But here's the problem. As we see an economy that gets, that's still hot, 224,000 jobs is a lot. There is a a theory out there among a sector of economists that inflation should rise too, Joe. Now think about it. It's not complicated. Why? I mean, you don't need to take econ 101 to figure this out. Mm -hmm. People have more money to spend. If the economy can't produce enough products fast enough to keep up with the demand because people have more money in their pockets, what happens? That money starts to chase the same amount of products and the price of the products go up because more people are bidding on the products. I mean, a very simple analogy I always like to use is, is eBay, for example. You know, in a struggling economy, 
let's say a vintage comic book may not fetch a premium price because people are struggling for cash. During the recession, are you going to waste money on, you know, Daredevil number three? I mean, I, I love it. I probably would. But I, I love comic books from when I'm a kid. <laughs> so do my kids, by the way. But you get my point. You may not. Uh-huh. It's a luxury item you may not be willing to expend your, your capital on, right? Mm-hmm. But in a hot economy where, you know, the businesses are investing, salaries are going up, wages are going up, you got the job you want, you just got to raise. You may say to your wife or husband, whatever, for Christmas, say, listen, I want that daredevil number three. All of a sudden, more people are bidding and the price goes up. Therefore, you get inflation where prices rise. But what's interesting about this economy, folks, is inflation's been largely subdued. Not completely, but it's not where you would think it is in a super hot economy like we have right now. And one of the reasons I've discussed before, but it's worth bringing up again now, is because of this, I think a lot of it is due to this sharing economy, folks. In other words, they're not making any more daredevil number threes, right? Daredevil number three was printed, I don't know, in the 60s, the mm-hmm. comic book. That's it. Mm-hmm. Whatever's out there is out there. You get 100 people bidding on it and the price is $100 for the book, great. You get 1,000 people bidding on it, Joe, the book's probably going to go up to $200, $300. Yeah. More people bidding. There's only so many Daredevil number threes. But think about it. With this sharing economy, when I mean sharing economy, I mean Uber, Lyft, Airbnb, you even have private jets now, like Ubers of the skies. I saw, I read an article in the Wall Street Journal a few weeks ago about capital equipment, how farmers have like a John Deere tractor laying around. Mm-hmm. They even have like an Uber for that, where you can rent it out to another, so he doesn't have to buy his own, another farmer. Oh, cool. The sharing economy, ladies and gentlemen, all of a sudden you have these unused assets. In other words, let's say like, All of a sudden, a thousand new Daredevil 3s that were unused sitting in someone's attic creeped into the eBay market. All of a sudden, the price, ladies and gentlemen, comes down because there's more comics. This sharing economy, Joe, even though the economy is hot, is bringing assets onto the market. Cars, car rides, cars that were sitting in parking lots that now Uber drivers are out there on the road transporting people around. Hotel room prices are down because Airbnbs, uh, hey, we got a, we got an apartment, a basement apartment, a, uh, whatever, a, a second floor apartment for rent. All of these unused assets, apartments that sat idle, cars that were parked, mm-hmm. capital equipment that sat in fields that weren't being used during the off season are now being used and it is keeping the price of these items down because they don't have to build new stuff because the cars and the apartments and the tractors were already built. What I'm suggesting to you is if we could just get a hold of our government debt and get a handle on this out-of-control government spending, ladies and gentlemen, we could be looking at an era of economic prosperity ahead of us that is going to be peerless in modern American history because we don't even have to expend additional effort for a lot of these things. We don't have to build new stuff. It's already there. It's going to free up resources to build other new stuff, new iPhones, better nutrition supplements. Cat toy crickets, courtesy, I believe that was Dave who sent me that, (laughs) red flags, or we don't need, we can put the assets in other places. You get what I'm saying, Joe? Yeah. The daredevil number threes are hidden in the attic. Nobody was using them. They're now making it out to parked cars. Uh This is great for our economy. We just need to get a hold of our out of control government. Now, showing you this economy has a lot of legs and can keep walking for a long time because of this sharing economy. Look at Trump's uh, poll numbers. Excuse me. Trump poll. uh, Trump's Trump's (laughs) poll. Spit it out. Bongino. 
Trump's poll numbers are going up. Uh, again, USA. I've been using USA Today, by the way, precisely because they're a left-leaning out, not because they want to promote yeah, their stuff, understood. but to show you that even they have to report it. Trump approval rating jumps to highest level of his presidency. Washington Post, ABC News poll. Ladies and gentlemen, by William Cummings, this was 12 hours ago. This is beautiful. It's, you know, the old James Carville line, who was a Bill Clinton advisor. It's all about the economy, stupid, right? That was his line. Hmm. Folks, this has a lot of legs. Trump understands this. If we can see that, if we can institute that capital gains indexing we talked about last week, where they index your capital gains to inflation, I think we're going to see another burst in productivity and another potential jump in economic growth numbers and wages. Ladies and gentlemen, it is all good. And remember, a lot of this is affecting the minority community in an extremely positive way. I, put one, I discussed it last week, but this one data point is worth bringing up again. Ladies and gentlemen, half of the jobs out there, half have been filled by minorities. Whoa. The minority community is benefiting strongly wow. from Trump's economic, deregulatory, economic freedom agenda. This is great news for re-election. Let's keep it going. All right, I wanted to get to this. This is uh, ABC News, hat tip to them, Martha Raddatz, who uh, is interviewing radical far-left Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, uh, who associates with AOC, Ilhan Omar, and the kind of the Bernie Sanders left. Some of the stuff she says is ridiculous. She's the impeached, the mother. Mm -mm. Remember that quote? You know, again, we're yes. keeping it family friendly here. Uh, yeah, in just a, a deranged speech she gave, and she was caught on tape talking about impeaching the MF or talking about Donald Trump. But what's interesting about Rashida Tlaib, AOC, and others is they want, you know, they want, they want to split the baby here, right? Mm. but they're they're just not smart enough to phrase it the right way, right? I mean, if you're going to try to do that, you better have the wisdom of like Solomon, but they don't have that. So Rashida Tlaib goes on this show with Martha Raddatz and Martha Raddatz is asking her about the border funding. In other words, you're complaining about the conditions at the border, but Tlaib and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez denied funding to fix the very same problem. Uh, process what I'm telling you. <laughs> They're complaining about deplorable conditions at the border. Right. Trump yeah. proposes this $4 billion package. It, it passed, by the way, but AOC and Rashid Tlaib voted against it. So Martha Raddatz asked her the question why they voted against it. She tries to frame it one way, and Raddatz just calls her out, which is a, this is a stunning moment for the mainstream media. Check this out. McLean has been sounding the alarm for months for resources to help the migrants. You voted against the $4.6 billion right. emergency border bill to deal with the surge of migrants that included almost $3 billion to provide shelter and care for unaccompanied children. Acting Secretary McLean says those funds are critical to get yeah. children out of well, CBB custody and transferred, I, even if the bill didn't have exactly, you wanted. Listen to this. Isn't Do you know what the CBB aid agent said on the ground, though, Martha? Crisis? Martha. Oh. Whoa! <laughs> Ooh. This is me, my boxing days. Yeah. A little slow in here. I, I got to box uh, Southpaw now. Whoa. Martha, what happened to Martha Raddatz? All of a sudden, we have these mainstream media outlets who are starting to ask common sense questions like, uh, Congresswoman Tlaib, let me just get this straight. So the uh, the DHS, current acting DHS Secretary McAleenan, has claimed for months we have a crisis at the border and they need money. You voted against the money and you're still complaining about the conditions at the border. She's Martha Raddatz probably sitting there like, um, I, even I can't save you from this one. Even though I'm a left-leaning journalist for ABC, even I can't help you here. Now, 
That goes on a while. I, I could yeah. cut that piece, but Talib goes on to argue that border agents on the ground told her that money won't solve the problem. Again, misinterpreting what border agents on the ground have been telling me and others. I get a lot of emails. A lot. Thank you. Keep them coming. They're not saying money is not going to help the problem. Tlaib went on to, it's a longer interview, so in the interest of time, I just want to show you how actually mainstream media outlets are finally catching up to the story, you know, six months too late, probably 10 years too late. But Tlaib even misinterprets what the border agent said. They said, well, it won't solve, of course it won't solve the problem. What's the problem? The problem is the Flores consent decree and our asylum laws, which we've discussed on this show ad nauseum. If you bring a child into the United States and traffic them across the border illegally, parent or not, you will probably be let out of a detention facility into the United States because we can't hold children because of the Flores consent decree. Folks, do you understand this is incentivizing people to traffic kids into the United States illegally? Every sane, sentient being who's analyzed this problem and has some expertise in this area has said to the Congress, you have to fix Flores. They won't do it. So again, Talib is misinterpreting what the border agents are telling her. They're not saying it won't help the problem, the money. It won't solve them. The problem is Flores and our asylum laws. Ladies and gentlemen, can we be candid here? It is insane that you can walk up to the border and say, I have a credible fear, and all of a sudden get into the United States. Border Patrol agents should have the ability on the spot to conduct field interviews to determine who's telling the truth and who's not. If that's the only line you have to use with no additional investigation, Joe, whatsoever mm -hmm. about your asylum claim, nothing else, that's all you have to say is I have a credible fear. All right. How is that not an open ticket for the entire globe to enter the United States illegally? Of course it is. Think it through, man. We can change this in a heartbeat. But Tlaib doesn't want to address that. And again, she misinterprets when she gets called out what the border agents told her. Because that's what they do. They live to misinterpret things. All right. Um, Friday's show did very well. Like I said, we were we really appreciate it. We were the number one conservative show on Friday. Uh, you know, it's tough. We're usually fighting it out with duking it out with Ben Shapiro and, mm -hmm. and Steve Crowder and others. But Friday's show uh, did really well. And one of the things we discussed both Friday and last week is this rules change thing. I gave you an analogy and... I told you, here are our new rules, right? As conservatives and libertarians and good Republicans, right? Our new rules are your new rules suck, liberals, and we're not going to pay any attention to your new rules. And the best way to shelve their new rules is to ignore them. So I gave the analogy of a boxing match, where if you're mm -hmm. in a boxing match, boxing is a sport and a good one, you go into the match with a preconceived notion of what the rules are, and those are the rules you train for. If you're allowed to rabbit punch and kick people in between the legs in a boxing match, you're going to wear a cup and train to keep your legs closed. Yeah. That is not the rules in boxing. So you don't train to keep your legs closed because you don't have to worry about a guy kicking you in between the legs. Get it? Yep. The Democrats don't like that. The way no. the Democrats win boxing matches is not by winning. They win by cheating, by changing the rules in the middle of the game and using the referee, the media, to enforce the new rules. In the middle of the match, you're like, we're changing the rules. We are now allowed to bite and kick. You're like, wait, ah. what? And the media, of course, complain. Yeah, what? Yeah. This is what they do. Like that guy from The Simpsons, the old grandpa. Ah, that's what they do. <laughs> 
I gave a couple examples of the rules change last week. Last week's example, we got a new one today, by the way, which is even worse than what we saw last week. The rules change last week in the middle of the boxing match was something we went into the ring expecting that the Betsy Ross flag, the 13 colonies, that the Betsy Ross flag was a symbol of the founding of America. In the middle of the boxing match, the left decides to go to the referee. The media changed that, suggesting that Colin Kaepernick now says that the Betsy Ross flag is racist. As if Colin Kaepernick, who is one of the colossal morons out there in the media now, constantly quotes communists and others. Um, a guy who misinterprets a quote from Frederick Douglass and selectively edits it as Ted Cruz called him out. Why we're taking advice from this imbecile is hard to believe. That was last week. You wear the Betsy Ross flag, you're now a racist. Rules change in the middle of the game. I mentioned other things, of course, how uh, the, the terminology illegal alien, how this is a legal term, but now if, it's, if you're a conservative and you say that term anywhere on the air, you're going to get feedback from the left that impugning your integrity, suggesting you're a racist. Again, a rules change in the middle of the game. Uh, one of the other ones I saw this weekend was this Tempe, Arizona thing. How officers now, there were uh, some cops in a Starbucks in Tempe, Arizona, minding their own business, having their their beverages in a Starbucks, and some consumer goes up to the, uh, some snowflake goes up to the barista, whatever, says, hey, I feel unsafe with these cops around. They ask the cops to leave or get out of the line of sight. Again, new rules. The presence of police are now unsafe. The only way to combat these new rules is to basically give the double barrel middle finger and say your new rules are absurd, ridiculous, not based on any kind of fact. We're ignoring them. And that's been the gift of Trump is he just genuinely doesn't care. The left's new rules are meaningless to him. And when you ignore the new rules long enough and you plow straight through, eventually the left gives up on that old rule and starts a new rule. What's the new rule today? Folks, I'm not making this up. Look at this ridiculous, outrageous tweet about new rule, middle of the game. We now find out air conditioning. Yes, air conditioning, excuse me, is sexist. This is from the outrageously ridiculous Taylor Lorenz, who writes for The Atlantic or New York Times or whatever. This is a real tweet, folks. Let me read this to you. Air conditioning is unhealthy, bad, miserable, and sexist. I can't explain how many times I've gotten sick over the summer because of overzealous AC in offices. Hashtag ban AC. Folks, I I get it. This is a tweet you may be saying. Why are you even wasting time on this? I'm not wasting time on this ridiculous ridiculosity by Taylor Lorenz because air conditioning. This is so dumb that air conditioning is sexist. You're right. It barely merits. I know it barely floor. merits a mention. Now I know my my <laughs> wife at night. I, I she complains you know, to me all the time because I do keep the AC kind of low. I love my wife to. There's nothing to do with being sexist, of course. But this is the idiotic left. The reason I bring the story up is in conjunction with the Betsy Ross story to give you another example of how the left thinks because they control the culture, they control academia. And they control the media. They control these three branches that dominate our cultural beliefs and what the zeitgeist of the time is. They think they can change the rules in the middle of the game. And I'm telling you, the woman who wrote this, Taylor Lorenz, actually believes it, that it is somehow sexist to turn up the air conditioning. It is absurd. And she wants the rules changed in the middle of the game. This is no different than the Kaepernick story declaring the Betsy Ross flag. No different. It's the same motives to declare people on the outside, outsiders and radicals. You turn up the air, see racist, misogynist. You wear the Betsy Ross flag. Look at this. What a misogynist pig you are. It is an effort to claim the middle ground 
and to move that middle ground to where you are and move any conservative outside of that middle ground and make them look as a radical and outsider. It's no different. The way to get through this is to take the Trumpian approach and plow straight ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, turn that AC down. I'm turning it down to 67 today. Paul is out there like, you're damn right, you're not turning that down to 67. It's cold enough as is. All right, um, moving on. This is on a bit of a sad note. My uh, my good friend at Fox, Ed Henry, had an appearance this weekend. And uh, he was on, well, he didn't have an appearance. He was hosting Fox and Friends. And uh, I just want to put this out here. I'll have this uh, article up in Mediaite on my show notes. Just, I want you to check it out. Ed's donating a portion of his liver to his sister who's having some a severe health crisis, needs a liver. Um, Ed broke down this weekend on Fox and Friends. It was really sad to to watch. Ed was very emotional, obviously loves his sister to death. And um, there's a GoFundMe in there. Um, again, up to you. I don't pressure anybody. I made a donation this weekend, but um, Ed's sister's having some troubles there. And uh, I encourage you to check out the clip at Media. I, uh, it's It's worth your time. And um, listen, I'm an organ donor, and this is a good time to reflect publicly on the show. Um, you know, you'll be gone. It, God forbid, um, one day you don't need them. So uh, I'm an organ donor, and if you decide that's for you, it's probably a good uh, good time. I'm obviously, always uh, it's always tough to talk about this stuff, but Ed's a good man. Um, he's a good friend, and he's been a good friend, and I know he's going through a lot. So uh, check that article out at the show notes today, and if uh, if you're up for it, uh, any small donation would probably help for his sister. So. Thanks a lot. I try to do some uh, as much goodwill as we can on the show. Okay. Um, last story of the day. Wait, w- wait, one more. And I know it's a little bit of a dour note there, but on a bit of a humorous note, Eric Swalwell is appears to be uh, soon dropping out of the presidential contest, <laughs> Eric Swalwell. And um, yeah, as uh, who was it who called him out of Sean Spicer? Spicer said, sheesh, where are all his reporters going to go? His, his supporters at 0%. So Swalwell may be dropping out, maybe our first dropout of the cycle. We'll see what happens. I'll report on that when it's confirmed. But Swalwell's 0% of support will have to go somewhere else, maybe to someone else with 0% of support. Was it the Greeks who uh, thought of the idea of absolute zero, right? Yeah, where does zero go? <laughs> zero into zero is, of course, zero. zero. So we'll see what happens with Swalwell. But uh, last story of the day is a good one. Uh, my buddy, resident fact checker, Matt Palumbo, who writes for Bongino.com. I have this piece up there he put together. Uh, and it's a good one. It's worth your time. Little detail, but worth your time. It's up at Debunk This at Bongino.com. Also be up at the show notes. College was becoming cheaper until uh, politicians like Bernie Sanders ruined it. It's a very detailed, good piece, and it gets to the old P.J. O'Rourke, who's one of the most quotable conservative uh, uh, conservatives ever. P.J. O'Rourke had this line about healthcare, where he said, "You think healthcare is expensive now? Wait till it's free." Well, ladies and gentlemen, that applies to college too. You think college is expensive now? Wait till it's free. Well, Matt, in the piece, he dives into the federal government's intervention into the college loan market and how that intervention is almost directly attributable to the hike in college costs. From the piece, he has this line in there, and he talks about the 1978 Middle Income Student Assistance Act, where middle-income students got were ac- got, got access basically to college loans in 1978. It says, since that 1978 expansion, the cost of higher education increased more than 13-fold, about 1,225%. In the same time period, ordinary inflation has only increased 279%. Ladies and gentlemen, how did this happen? How did inflation go up 279% since 78? 
but college inflation outpaced the inflation of our standard uh, denomination of measurement of money, 1,225%. Whoa. Folks, it is, it is the third-party payer effect. If there was one principle of economics, I would hammer home on this show repeatedly how it is absolutely devastating and destructive to our economy. It is the effect of third-party payers. Mm -hmm. What do I mean by that? As the federal government in 1978 <laughs> and earlier intervened in the student loan market and became a third-party payer for a lot of uh, middle-income, people of middle-income, their way to pay for college. As they became the third-party payer, mm -hmm. it intersects and defeats the supply-demand curve. Uh, I don't want to sound too overly complicated. Okay. It, in medicine and in college, it works the same way. Healthcare and college costs have been exploding, superseding the rate of inflation forever. What's the common denominator? There's a third party payer, the government involved in both healthcare and college costs. How does it work? Folks, before 1978, 1972, if you read the piece, you'll see college costs were in some cases even going down. The government gets involved and boom, they go through the roof. Why is that? Because the student was paying for the college. It was coming out of his or her pocket or his family's. All of a sudden, they start doing what? Searching around for the best value because it's your money. When you can get access to government subsidized money and all of a sudden you're playing with the government, the taxpayers' dollars, ladies and gentlemen, you're not cost sensitive anymore. This is not complicated. When you don't pay for an operation in a hospital, a doctor's health care, or your classes in college, all of a sudden, that the cost of that college doesn't matter as much. This isn't complicated. It's called the third-party payer effect. I bring this up because this is going to become a big issue during this cycle, and we need to break the, 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 the um, a cycle of ignorance about economics in this country amongst the liberals. Bernie, free college. If you think college is expensive now, as PJ O'Rourke said about healthcare, wait till it's free and the taxpayers are paid. The cost is going to explode like it has ever since the government inserted its foot in between the student and the college. This is not unusual or hard to figure out. The same phenomenon has happened in medicine where government finance is upwards of 40 to 50% of healthcare in this country. Therefore, there is a third party paying. You have the patient, the doctor, or the student and the college, and then a third party handling the money. In the government, you have Medicaid, you have Medicare, S-CHIP, and other government payers. You have the student loan market on the education side. When that third party is paying, the doctor or the college doesn't care about the price as much as they would if the student is paying. Why? Because they're going to get the money from the college. They're going to get whatever they can get. If the college says we'll give you a loan for fifty thousand, or excuse me, the government, the college says we'll take the fifty thousand. Mm. That doesn't happen when the family's paying. That also doesn't happen in medicine. If the college, if, if the doctor in the hospital can get fifteen hundred dollars for the government for for an aspirin, that's exactly what they're going to take. The patient's not going to complain. They're not paying. Third party payer effects. Listen for them. Every single time you're watching a Democrat debate and you hear about something free, something being paid for by the government, whatever it is, 
benefits, education benefits, medicine, always keep in your head whenever you talk about a third party paying, you are talking about built-in inefficiencies, cost problems, and quality problems every single time, bar none, folks. Third party payer. Don't ever forget it. It will explode the costs of college. This will be a disaster for every student who thinks they're getting free college. All right, folks, that was a stacked show today. A lot of yeah. information out there. You just keep in mind the beginning of the show, as I said, when I get information, I'll give it out to you. I'm not hiding anything. I'm not playing, you know, rope a dope there. I give you what I get when people give me permission to give it out. It's as simple as that. But uh, that was a really unbelievable story. When I my eyes were open when I first heard it. Please subscribe to our show, youtube.com slash Bongino. On YouTube, we really appreciate it. Also on Apple Podcasts, you can subscribe on iHeartRadio as well, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I think we're on Spotify now as well. It's the subscriptions. Clicking that button, it helps us move up the charts. It is absolutely free. No cost to you at all, but that's how other people find us on these platforms. The more you subscribe, the more people see the show as a suggestion. So I really appreciate your help with that. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Thanks for making us number one on Friday. I will see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.